Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and cha-cha-chapa style to a New Orleans Saints victory, a playoff victory here in 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Who Dat Dish podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Could not be more elated after witnessing a Sunday victory in the Dome for the Saints team going up against, uh, I mean, a wild team, a wild card that that seemed to be with the most momentum out of any team and with the magic the, the quarterback of, of Nick Foles and the Saints were able to overcome a big deficit early for the win. That's very special, and we're going to talk about it, dive deep in this podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to uh, introduce the other hosts right now. Uh, with me, as always, you can find him on Twitter, at St. Charlie. Charlie, what's going on, man? I know you're also on Cloud9 after Sunday's huge win. How are you feeling the Monday afterwards? Happy. Um... You can listen to me. I have a cold, but I won't let that stop me from uh, praising my Saints on a crazy comeback victory. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it started out really scary and like how we were saying all week where, you know, I really thought that the Saints would win this game. I kind of thought that, I don't know, I, I went back and forth on how I thought it would end up. But, you know, then, like, my gut said, okay, we'll probably win this game like 30 to 20. But... In order for us to lose this game, everything would have to go perfect for the Eagles, and that's just how it started out. And I got into full-blown panic mode, as I always do when things aren't going well. And uh, and the team, you know, bought, fought back, and we made some key adjustments. And and Michael Thomas really took over the game. You know, he's he's one of those wide receivers. Uh, he's 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 an old-school wide receiver, man. I, I feel like Michael Thomas was. Like, he reminds me of those, like, 1980s or 1990s wide receivers that were just tough as nails, could make any catch, you know, strong, fast enough to make, you know, different plays. And uh, someone once told me that he reminded them of Art Monk, and I can kind of see that a little bit. Um, But anyways, I, I thought he was definitely the MVP of the game, at least on offense, I thought Marshawn Lattimore was really the the star on the defense, but I'm happy, man. I mean, I'm happy we were able to fight back and and you know live to live to do it again this Sunday. I, I don't want to give you an age check right now, Charlie, but I, our monk is like really, really way before my time, and I I feel really mm-hmm. bad that I have no idea. Um, like I, I I can't name a highlight off the top of my head at all of Art Monk. And I well, he was I don't know he was part he of the uh, the Redskins posse. So uh, when I was who? when I was a little little kid, and uh, you know, in the early '90s when the Redskins were winning Super Bowls around here, there was the posse. It was uh, Art Monk, um, Ricky Sanders, and Gary Clark. I think were the three. The three uh, wide receivers for the Redskins when Joe mm. Gibbs was in Super Bowls. And I forget who it was, but someone here said that Michael Thomas really is a reincarnation of Art Monk. So mm. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't old enough to really experience Art Monk and, and be able to come up with a with an opinion on that. But all I know is that when I watch Michael Thomas, he, re, he doesn't, he, I don't think of, you know, like this era of wide receivers, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, A.B., even DeAndre Hopkins or uh, A.J. Green. I, I just don't see him that kind of wide res- – those kind of wide receivers. I mean, you know, you got your prima donnas like A.B. and uh, – and um, who much? Oh, yeah, and Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 
they're they're prima donnas. I mean, a lot of wide receivers kind of are. That just that just sort of comes with the territory of being a wide receiver. But you know, and he's not even the kind of wide receiver of of uh, AJ and and um, D Hop, where it's kind of like throw it up and go get it. He just does everything, and he's so strong off the ball, and he he can take over a game. He's not like one of those guys where like. You know, if you if you put a guy up in his face and then put someone over top, you can limit his damage. I mean, there's been a couple of times this year that you saw that, but I mean, I mean, he literally took over the game on offense for us. Mm. I, it ended up being an Ohio State University show out with Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore. Um, and if I had to compare Thomas to to any wide receiver, um, I, I I like in recent memory. Um, or or a potential wide receiver, I I, I think Michael Thomas is what everyone thought Keyshawn Johnson was going to be. Uh, he, his game style reminds me a lot of Keyshawn Johnson. If he was, you know, the the good all-around c- receiver um, that they thought he was, they have, they're about the same height, same body type. Um, they both get up and grab, but they're both specialized in really good r- running, even though that f- kind of fell off for Keyshawn Johnson. Michael Thomas capitalizes in that. And Thomas played with, uh, you know, much better quarterback so far in his career uh, than Johnson did uh, overall. Well- that's his. That's his uncle. So that makes exactly. Sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. I knew that. I knew there was a connection somewhere. Um, uh-huh. But uh, and other guests joining us, who I know is also really excited for two reasons now. Uh, obviously, <laughs> for the Saints win yesterday, and and Tyler Raymond. You can follow him on Twitter at Raymond Tyler. And also resides up in Syracuse, New York, and they are coming off a huge college basketball win. Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm very good right now. I've had like. And stellar weekend uh, leading into Monday. This is why. So, guys, if you're curious to know what time we're recording right now, right now it's currently 9.53 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for me over here in New York. I let it be known that Syracuse, an unranked ba- uh, college basketball team, I love many sports, if you guys were wondering, um, took down the uh, number one ranked uh, college basketball team, Duke, uh, in their house. Uh, went into overtime. It was literally crazy, so I'm happy for that. I'm happy that the Saints uh, came back and spanked Philadelphia. Didn't allow any points through three quarters. That was dope. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, they always have the slogan. Uh, I've actually seen the Eagles play before when they uh, play the Saints uh, back in Philly years ago. And whenever the Eagles scored a touchdown, their slogan would be like, fly, Eagles, fly, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. They need to change it. And they need to go fly back to Philly and change their new slogan after the spanking they got by the Saints to cry, Eagles, cry. They, so, were, they were crying a lot happy. on Twitter. They were crying a lot on Twitter, Tyler. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, man. I, I'm, I, let me actually just jump right into that real quick. Get this out of the way before we actually review the game. First off, everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can follow all of us on Twitter, including the podcast account, at the WDD Podcast. Uh, we always update you on the latest episodes, throw out some polls. We had, uh, we, we've had a lot of polls with a lot of votes lately, and we thank you guys so much for doing that. So we're going to continue uh, into the offseason with some uh, personnel changes for the, for the Saints. We'll have a lot of polls out for that as well. Um, but, yeah, please follow us on Twitter. Um, but, but speaking of Twitter, last night, um, of course, the, the Saints pulled off a huge victory in the Dome. Um, and, and it was come from behind really close had Alshon Jeffrey, you know, caught that ball, not dropped it. Who knows what could have happened? Most likely I, and my, my gut tells me the saints would have lost that game. Um, just the way that things were going for the Eagles, especially on that drive, but the saints very well could have come back down and answered uh, definitely up in the air, but either way, saints came away with a really, really great victory at home coming back from 14 and nothing down and dominating the final three quarters of the game. 
Philadelphia Eagles fans, of course, being very, they're, they're very cocky and confident in their team. It comes with the culture of the city in Philadelphia. You know, they are there, the underdogs. They are wild people you don't really want to mess with. You know, uh, all this, all the riots, even after they won when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they, they, they tore the city down. That's just who, who Philadelphians are. Um, they got on Twitter, and of course, they were very butthurt. They were very sad and making excuses about the team. Very salty. Very, very salty. But uh, I think the thing that they were most pissed off about, which is so hypocritical, and, and, and this confuses me because I all along I thought Atlanta Falcons fans were, were you know the most annoying and worst fan base in the league. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, overall it's the Cowboys just because, you know, now they're super cocky after winning a couple playoff games. They, of course, beat us, so we got to deal with that noise. Um, but no, in fact, it's actually Philadelphia Eagles fans are the most hypocritical and annoying of them all, um, especially to the Saints fan base. There is no rivalry there. Let's let's get that out of the way. This is not a rivalry with the Eagles fan base. The Saints beat them two times uh, in the last two months uh, by a combined uh, 47 points. So, or excuse me, 37 points. So we're we're not really worried too much about all of that. No, it is 47 points. So so we're not we're not worried about the actual Eagles. We beat them with two different quarterbacks. Uh, they were they were a better team um, the second time around, and we still beat them. So there is no rivalry going on, especially with the current team uh, structure. But they got onto uh, uh, Twitter thinking that the Saints were quote unquote obsessed with the Eagles after they were caught or videotaping themselves jamming out to Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares, and a couple other Meek Mill songs. Um, and of course, Meek Mill is from Philadelphia. Huge Eagles fan supported them. They actually played that. Uh, Dreams and Nightmares song before the Super Bowl last year against the Patriots. So obviously means a lot to them. But when you win against a team, a team that talks, you know, a lot of smack, whether that be to you or just overall uh, on the field and off the field, and you decide to troll them, props to, I mean, if, 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 if the Eagles had beaten us and played Choppa style in the locker room, I'd say, hey, you know what? I, we, we, if we would have won the game, that wouldn't have happened. So uh, there, there's nothing to really cry about. Move on. Eagles fans instead uh, turn this into some sort of, uh, you know, Saints fans are obsessed. They start talking about the, the Minnesota Vikings loss the Saints suffered last year and saying, oh, you guys really wish you could have met us there, um, but you didn't because of this. Uh, you guys didn't know how to tackle all this stuff, all of this trash talk. And um, come to find out, of course, uh, digging through some old tweets, uh, nothing that got too viral around here, but the Eagles were jamming out to a lot of Chief Keef songs. And Chief Keef is, of course, a Chicago-based rapper who is big with the Chicago Bears as well. They jam out to his music as well in their locker room. And that was their version of trolling the Bears. And that happened after a wild card playoff game, which is less significant than a divisional round win, which people were also complaining, why are the Saints celebrating like this in their locker room after a divisional round win? The Saints celebrate like that after every win. And of course, the bigger the stakes are, the bigger the celebration will be. The bigger the win is, the bigger the dancing and and the lights, the strobe lights in the locker room, the bigger everything is going to be. So of course, that's going to happen. You are just projecting your anger out on nonsense concerning the Saints after the game because you can't control the fact that your team lost. And it's just so funny, hypocritical, and ironic to see these uh, Eagles fans on Twitter complaining and crying. Um, It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, But it's very entertaining, and I love it. It got my personality out on Twitter. I actually got a DM (laughs) from uh, an Eagles fan. I won't mention him. Uh, You can probably find him, but... He DM'd me because he was, again, making excuses about Philadelphia's injured secondary, which I'll give them credit for. They they did have a lot of injuries there. 
but you came in with the team you come in with and you weren't complaining about that before the game started you weren't complaining about that when you were up 14 to 0 either so ride with your team no matter what do not make excuses so he was doing that and of course I was replying um with you know obviously saying hey uh, a win is a win divisional rounds stop complaining about celebrating I think that's whack so he DMs me. I'll just read this DM, and then we'll, we'll move on. Eagles fans are, are getting me riled up. He said, hey, bud, you still soft. Keep being hard in my comments. This guy's not very good at English, first off. He said, hey, bud, you still soft. Keep being hard in my comments. I said, I accepted his uh, request, and I said, it's sports talk on Twitter, man. It ain't that serious. He said, you got to realize, man, I respect the Saints, but the fact we had a backup secondary in and five others were injured throughout, man, it upsets me. I hope y'all win it all, but without the dude that got hurt, IDK, I'm assuming he means Sheldon Rankins, who tore his Achilles in the game. Prayers and thoughts to Sheldon Rankins and his speedy recovery. We'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, And I replied, I respect the Eagles too, but judging the celebration is just whack to me. This was before I even knew the Eagles were being hypocritical because their own team um, had been celebrating the same way when they won against the Bears. Um, I said, I have no other problems with the Eagles other than that. And the Saints had it easy, I'll admit, but a win is a win. He said, Meek Mill celebration, though, kind of effed up. Could have used any other artist. So this guy is essentially saying, you, you can't listen to Meek Mill because he was born in Philadelphia and the Eagles listened to him. But that's blasphemy. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Who says that? Who does that? What, what, what are you talking about? You can't listen to music now. What is going on? Um, and and I said it's, it's crazy. An, I said it's an excellent troll job. Don't want it to happen. Win. He said LMAO. We would have won easily with a healthy Wentz. You didn't win with Wentz two months ago. You got blown out with Wentz. You might you might have lost by only twenty had Wentz been healthy. Uh, he said I hope Breeze wins this as it'll be his last drive in the playoffs. Winky face. I said cool. Did you win tonight though? No. Then nothing else you say matters. And then he just kept talking, and then he brought up Clemson, because I guess he's a Clemson fan. He said, I'm not mad at a Super Bowl last year. Clemson won, so, and then I just blocked him. Um, I, I was getting tired of it. Um, but, yeah, that's my little rant um, uh, about said. Eagles fans on Twitter. Thank you, Tyler. I got riled up, definitely, and, and you guys in the DMs. I know I was messaging you guys about it and getting off my fumes there, too. And Charlie said, welcome to the East Coast. And I said, dang nabbit, that's, that's, that's not how I want to be introduced to the East Coast fan base like that. So, Well, um, I mean, let, let me just, you know, if I can speak from experience here, yeah. um, living in e- NFC East country, yes. Eagles fans are, are horrid. Yeah. And Tyler, I know sure you've got that. a buddy who's an Eagle fan. I have, a, I have a close buddy of mine who's an Eagles fan, but you got to look – into the the geography of the eagle fan base there are parts of that area that produce trash fans and then there's parts that produce normal people you know mm-hmm. um it's usually the south jerseys um that part that that's typically going to be your problem area sure and you know the rest of the, the other counties like montgomery county burke county or whatever around philly you know, it's just normal people that go and like their game. But, you know, Philly's also one of the only stadiums in the NFL with, with holding cells in them. Yeah. When you get arrested at games, you get, held, you get held in a jail cell until the police come and take you away. It's just, you know, we saw last year with Vikings fans walking up to the stadium having closed beer cans and bottles thrown at them. It's like, I mean... It's, I understand sports brings out uh, a passion in people. I, I get that. But, man, 
it's just a game. That's man. too it's much. Just that's crossing the line. And you're there's yeah there's basic human code yeah. of lines you don't cross. And I saw it time and time again from before kickoff till today. These idiot, just garbage Eagle fans saying making making far too many Hurricane Katrina oh, references. Man. And it's oh man! Like, that, that really pissed you know, me off. You know, like I get it, man. You're miserable. Your team lost. You feel spoiled because your team won the Super Bowl last year. But I don't care if you're the lowest person on earth. You don't – thousands of people died, okay, Mm -hmm. you dumbass. Mm -hmm. And hundreds – you know, even more were displaced, had their lives completely ruined, and they had to – People Just are still everything. affected to this day. To this day, yeah, people are still people affected. affected. And yeah, I, mean, it's like, I don't know. Philadelphia, you know, the, the team, way, way to really put on display uh, how to be a piece of shit mm. on, on Twitter. And, you know, and not only that, even their players, man. Michael Bennett, mm. I don't know if you guys caught yeah, that. Yeah, last the, last the, the camera game. guy with the camera guy, too. Well, oh, before the camera guy, he grabs, he grabs Larry Warford's helmet, <sighs> and he's like, pulling on his head it's like dude the game is over oh come on you lost and then after the game he's he's going after the cbs philly uh yeah. cameraman it's like i don't know man I, I know emotions get hot uh but i don't know just try not to be garbage it, that's yeah. all we're asking i get it man we can we can talk back and forth we can talk trash back and forth as yeah. much as it's fun it's fun to talk trash that's what we do mm-hmm. but there's just lines you don't cross and philly philly lives Great. on the other Philly fans live on the other side yes. of that line that yes. you don't cross. Yes, yeah. they live on the personal. Agreed. They love the personal. They, that, 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 that's how things start getting uh, messed up and, 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 and too far is when you start making – it, it, it starts out that. subtle subtle stuff about some personal stuff, and then it turns into stuff like Hurricane Katrina jokes, which are just absolutely horrid. So, um, yeah. No, thank, so, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening to my rant about that. It just absolutely mm-hmm. got me fired All up. And, I'm, and I'm, glad, I'm glad you have personal experience with that too, Charlie. Um, definitely solidifies a lot me of feelings. Too. But, and, and obviously this doesn't mean all Eagles fans. I know there are a lot of very respectful No, I have a close buddy of mine. Yeah, and Tyler I have a close does buddy too. Named, yeah. named Matt. Yeah. He's, this, he's the nicest guy in the world. You would never – Never be able to associate him with your average Eagle fan. And he, Dang. dude, the whole game, he's texting me. We're texting each other back and forth. And as soon as the game's over, he's like, congrats, man. I really hope you guys go on to win the Super Bowl. You know, I'm happy for you guys. That That's what normal people do, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's what normal people do. It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, he's a friend of mine, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I think guys like him and Tyler, your buddy, I, I think those are probably in, in the minority, even though not uh-huh. all Eagle yeah. fans – are bad because it's really a geography thing. It's like mm-hmm. the parts around Philly that produce their fans. There are really good, you know, good parts with good people, and then there's trash. Yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. I do love the show. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Now continue watching it though, um, but <laughs> that, that doesn't have too much to do with the actual city. So I, I'm not I'm not being too hypocritical there. Um, and also, there are a lot of um, gripes about the quote unquote condition of the field there in the in the dome by Eagles fans too. After some of the Injuries, first off, which That's are ridiculous, which are absolutely know? ridiculous. Second you make off, games have been playing that turf. Uh, uh, yeah, exa- exactly. It's 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 not like this is a an every game, every day type thing. Second off, though, it's 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 quite interesting to hear and and see Eagles fans talk about conditions of a field when they are you know home to the only stadium to cause a cancellation of a game. It was a preseason game against the Ravens uh, back in the early two thousands. Brian Billick, head coach research. of the time. Um, Brian Billick, head coach of the Ravens at the time, 
looked at the conditions of the field before the pregame, asked to get some things patched up perhaps or, or, or fixed even around the locker room, it was on the field by their sideline and on the actual playing surface for the players. The Lincoln Financial Field uh, didn't end up doing any of that before the game, and Brian Billick decided to cancel the game before it started. Of course, preseason didn't didn't matter overall, but it's it's pretty funny to see Eagles fans talk about condition of the field, which is absolutely just bogus and ridiculous. Um, but before I talk everybody's head off, um, Tyler, mm-hmm. since since you haven't talked uh, too too much uh, so far this podcast, um, Saints come away with the twenty to fourteen win over the Eagles. I'm going to put you on the spotlight. I just want to know. Let's do it. Your initial reaction and feelings on this Monday after seeing the the, the Saints pull off that victory. Um, what, I mean, talk about. Uh, what were you doing when you were watching the game? How excited you were? Just mm-hmm. your overall feelings and thoughts and analysis of what happened there on the field for the Saints to come away with the come-from-behind win. Okay, so first off, I got to apologize to both of you guys. So uh, if you guys haven't heard us say it before, uh, we like to talk, you know, during the game, before the game. And I, I will admit, uh, a lot of people were freaking out and overreacting on Twitter. Uh, I saw tons of people say, Oh, this is it. Uh, we had a good year. Throwing in the towel. A bunch of stuff. And that really pisses me off. Just because, like, uh, unless things, like, it get to a point where it's, like, 48 to nothing, then maybe I'm going to get worried. But, um, uh, like, I don't freak out. Like, I just, like, from this team for this year, like, I've had way too com- much confidence and like, everything. Like, I-, I said it from the beginning. When everything happened after last year, like, this is the year we're going to the Super Bowl. And it's still happening. But, um, I, I still, like... I freaked out on you guys, and I apologize just because, like, uh, I, I started t- uh, over. I was in the moment, and what you guys said, like, I, I took it out of proportion. I was like, oh, guys, don't freak out. Like, we, it's fine. We got it. And uh, you guys already knew that and stuff, Very so true. I apologize yeah. on that. No, no, dude. But, um, no, no, no. You're, you're totally fine. It was uh, – you you were right all along. You you, you got to have yeah. faith in your team, have confidence, no matter how much they're down. But, like, Charlie did – did say too that was definitely the nightmare scenario for the saints to start out that game luckily they weathered the storm phenomenally and were able to move Mm -hmm. on but no you were right all along time you gotta have confidence and faith in your team yes and um so i still need to go back to my list on twitter to see how many people um i muted and blocked and maybe i'll unmute them and block them now but it wasn't any of you guys so that's good um but during the game you know i was just watching it uh like at first uh i think it was actually my dad uh we are talking, and, like, as the quarter was closing, I was like, time for a new quarter, time for a new Saints team. I'm like, that's exactly what's going to happen. The Saints are going to, like, uh, I was reading Twitter, and everybody was like, the Saints need a spark. The Saints need something to get this going and flip the team around. And then Marshall Lattimore's interception, flipped the script. And then at the very early, uh, early of the drives, when they were driving back in their, I think, like, their 20 or 30-yard line, the Taysom Hill ran it in on fourth mm. down. It was crazy. So that flipped the script. Uh, flipped the script for the Saints. So that was good. And I don't know, man. Like, I know a ton of people. If I'm curious to know too, if you guys listen to this podcast, let us know at the WDD podcast. Were you guys freaking out or were you guys relaxed while watching the first quarter? But I, I was calm though. I was chilling. Like, this isn't our team. Our team's gonna get back on track. But I had a good time watching the game. The last three quarters were awesome. At the end of the game, when they tried getting a drive going, I, I knew it was going to go nowhere. I didn't realize it was going to be another Lattimore pick, but that was slightly unexpected. But um, I was actually pretty happy, too, because what happened was I was on Twitter, and uh, I think it was John Hendricks. Um, well, I think he was either at the game or had to be watching a TV that was like a good minute ahead of mine. So my dad and I were like, like had our eyes glued to TV, right? 
And then I see on Twitter, uh, I was like, uh, I think he said, like, Lattimore interception. I'm like, what? The second pick? I was, like, freaking out. My dad was freaking out. I'm like, watch, watch. You know, oh, my gosh. And wow. I, like, like, it was awesome. I had a great time watching the game. And hopefully when the Saints win this next game, we're throwing a huge Super Bowl party. So if you live in New York and my parents will let me have uh, friends over, coming over to my house in Syracuse. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great game. I'm very happy. I'm a little upset about the Sheldon Rankins news and then now the Andrews Pete news, mm-hmm. but it was a great team win. I'm very happy that they I got to see a, a countless minutes of um of the Saints dancing uh, to a lot of different songs, so that was pretty cool. Chop 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 style. I'm gonna get into the stats <laughs> real quick. No, I was on. <clears throat> excuse me. I think everybody was on the edge of their seats. Um, there. I, during the during those final moments of the game, because like I like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, the Eagles I feel like were going to score on that drive had Alshon Jeffrey caught that ball. It was just running the stars yeah. for them to score there. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, red zone defense not 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 too bad, but when the Eagles were on in that game, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, well, like so, and they were on on that drive. So, I thank God for Butterfingers Jeffrey. That's all I can say. Hmm. Um. But yeah, let's get into the stats and box score real quick. Saints ended up winning twenty to fourteen. It was fourteen to nothing after the first quarter. Um, after the Drew Brees interception on the very first play of the game, really good interception by LeBlanc. He played the ball great, but it was underthrown. It was either going to be a touchdown to Ted Ginn Jr. or at least uh, down inside the red zone if the throw had been um, a little bit further and, and more accurate. Um, but Brees got that throw out of the way because he was he was damn good the rest of the way. Um, but that interception led to a Jordan Matthews 37-yard touchdown pass from Nick Foles, um, and then the Saints don't do much else there in the second quarter. Drew Brees fumbles the, the the snap. Thank goodness he recovers it, but still not much going on. And then Nick Foles rushes in from one yard after a really impressive uh, uh, Eagles drive. Um, and then the second quarter starts, and then after that first quarter, it's all Saints. Keith Kirkwood had a two-yard pass from Drew Brees, and this was after that Marshawn Lattimore interception that Tyler mentioned that started everything. Um, it was an interception over, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, pretty sure uh, over Zach Ertz. Um, yep. Lattimore was covering Alshon Jeffrey for the majority of the game, but um, during that play, um, he was able to undercut. Uh, it was also an underthrown ball by Nick Foles, but he was able to undercut the route um, and pick off the ball, come come up and play the ball, and it was a fantastic um Heads-up move there by Marshawn Lattimore, and it led to Keith Kirkwood two-yard touchdown pass from Drew Brees on a fourth and goal. That was intense. I, th- I think that was – that might have been the play of the game there. I mean, to get the Saints scoring a touchdown right – I mean, Lattimore to get that momentum there, but if the Saints don't make that, the Eagles have the ball, and the Saints could have went into um, you know halftime still down 14 to nothing or 14 to 7 or 14 to 3. Who knows what could have happened then? I mean, uh, this is all speculation there, but that was a really, really gutsy call. But it f- fantastic play call because they were expecting the the um, pass to Kamara underneath. They jumped the right a little bit because of the backup there in the game um, and nice little fade in the corner to uh, Keith Kirkwood. Um, and so that made it 14 to 7. A little bit more back and forth there um, from from both teams and ended up leading to just a Will Let's field goal there. Um, 45-yard field goal to make it 14-10 at halftime. Um, and then Michael, the, the other scoring plays was Michael Thomas' two-yard touchdown pass, um, and he had a phenomenal game. Um, he had 
pull up the stats actually right now he had 12 catches for 171 yards and one touchdown um and he had 16 targets so uh his catch rating was off the roof as well and drew Brees is looking for him all game somehow the eagles just left him open but that did have to do with their you know backup 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 secondary ted ginn jr as i was saying really did help open up that offense for michael thomas and he had a few receptions himself three catches for 44 yards could have had I mean, a much longer reception there on the first play or even a, a, a touchdown. Um, big, big play out of the gates. Could have happened there for Tegan Jr. Did not end up coming to fruition. Um, Alvin Kamara had four catches for 35 yards. Even though he ended up having 20 touches total in the game, I still think that he should have touched the ball 10 more times. He was he was on fire. He was getting bursts. Um, the offensive line was creating really good holes for Kamara to, to accelerate through. And once he got to the second level, um, he was able to uh, make a couple moves and uh, gain some extra yards on a, on a few of those runs and, and passes as well. Um, and really the only other people who made an impact there, um, Traquan Smith had one catch for 15 yards, and Keith Kirkwood had the, the two catches for eight yards, including that one touchdown. So um, for rushing, Alvin Kamara led the way, 16 carries, 71 yards. Um, average 4.4 yards per carry. Mark Ingram had nine carries for 53 yards. He also could have got um, more touches as well. He had a 36-yard rush. Um, I believe that was in the second quarter that really got the tone going there for that Saints offense. Um, and Alvin Kamara, of course, uh, got uh, quite a few clutch first downs, including a fourth down conversion for the Saints. And Taysom Hill had two rushes for eight yards. He also had a touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara that was called back um unfortunately which, uh, which it was just, killer um, too and it, and it was on a uh, 75 andres pete um who ended up having three holding penalties and one false start penalty um during during the game which was uh and it come, come to find out he actually broke his hand against carolina in the season finale um so he's been playing with a broken hand uh that that whole last game so um obviously gives a little bit uh actually a lot of a reason for why pete played that way uh, but still, killer penalties that, that that definitely did not help out the Saints. Drew Brees, of course, the GOAT, 28-38, 301 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, and that interception was early. After that interception, of course, he was 28-37, um, which is just so, so accurate, especially for, or, or even for somebody like Drew Brees. QBR of 65.8, quarterback, or passer rating of 103.1, leading the way in tackles. Of course, you had... Um, Marshawn Lattimore, two interceptions. Um, Demario Davis had eight total tackles. And shout out to Demario Davis. First, playoff, he played great that game. Played fantastic. He's had a great season, season high, and a lot of PFF grades and just overall play. Um, and this was his first playoff victory as a pro. So shout out to him. Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, and Von Bell, secondary studs, four tackles apiece. And um, Marshawn Lattimore also had two passes defended. Eli Apple, Von Bell, Cam Jordan, PJ Williams each had one apiece as well. Um, Cam Jordan, PJ Williams, Taylor Stallworth, your boy Tyler, and David Onyemata, <laughs> who's going to have to step up in the absence of Sheldon Rankins, each had three tackles as well. Um, and Marcus Davenport had Marcus Davenport and Alex Okafor each had uh, quarterback hits, but the team did not come away with any sacks on the day. So Nick Foles was still able to get the ball out quite quickly, uh, even though it did not always lead to completions, but the Saints were able to get pressure on quite a few times, which led to uh, the two interceptions as well as some um, bad throws on third down that really helped out the team. Um, so before I get into the Eagles stuff, uh, going a little bit too much with the stats, Charlie, man, 
that offensive performance by Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and I'll, cu- and I'll, I'll put Alvin Kamara in there as well because he had so many clutch um, first downs and he was able to get us some uh, um, uh, a lot of yards there, um, even though he should have had more touches. Um, what, what, what did you think overall of the performance? Um, looks like Ted Ginn Jr. helped open up the offense, and Drew Brees doesn't really need any other target besides Michael Thomas to be consistent for this team to win games, but it would be nice for somebody else to step up offensive line was uh really decent when they weren't being penalized again five i think it was five total penalties after everything was said and done including the bogus one on max unger um but everybody but andres p actually played really well for the game uh drew Brees was sacked twice for a loss of 18 but against a really good philadelphia up front uh what'd you think overall of the offensive performance from the saints especially uh the killers drew Brees and michael thomas well yeah i mean once we got going it was good i mean the uh, <clears throat> that first pass, you know, I, I I saw what Peyton and Breeze were trying to do to that secondary. Um, you know, in a, a better ball by Breeze, that's that's a touchdown on the first play of the game, and then and then you're talking about a completely different game. I mean, if the Saints come out and score on the very first play of the game on a bomb to Ted Ginn, I mean, I, I think at that point, you know, you're looking at another butt whooping, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, what killed me about that too was Kamara had that opening kickoff. We ran it back to like the forty yard line or something like that. It was I'm crazy. Like, wow, this is awesome. But that, I mean, you know, I, I thought, I thought that we made some good adjustments um, overall. I mean, on both sides of the ball, but on on offense, um, you know, trying to work, work over, uh, you know, LeBlanc and Maddox, especially Maddox trying to cover cover michael thomas it just it just wasn't gonna happen man i mean it was amazing i mean he got him it was like a second and 20 or something he gets he gets mad it's completely turned around and he's you know he's wide open and uh you know michael thomas after the game said you know i told i told drew i'm i'm there you can count on me i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do whatever i can to help us win i mean you know that that relationship is just crazy i mean michael thomas is the you know I don't think anyone's going to really want to disagree with me here, but in my opinion, he's the best Saints wide receiver of all time. And uh, he really put it on. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, he took over the game. He was really the star of the offense. When we needed a play, he was there. He was getting chunks, you know, 170-something yards receiving. You know, and it's crazy because the last time we played them, they they double-teamed him, and he didn't go off. He still had – what, 90 yards or something like that, but it was really Traquan who went off, and Traquan had some pretty pretty clutch catches. That that one towards the end of the game was awesome where he kind of bobbled it but still caught it because him and uh, – I don't know if you guys caught it. Him and Michael Thomas fell on the ground like right next to each other, and <laughs> they're laying on the ground, and like in that split second after the play, they, they look at each other and give each other like a high five or a handshake laying on the ground like, yeah. like what a play, you know? Um Kirkwood had a couple good catches. I mean, that touchdown catch was was big, like you said earlier. Um, and then nobody really else outside of Kamara was really really involved in the in the passing game. But I thought the offensive line held up okay versus that pass rush. It seemed like on some plays Breeze was was under a lot of pressure, and uh, you know Pete 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 struggled big time. But uh, you know later to find out he's playing through a surgically repaired hand. Mm, so, yeah. You know, we'll we'll see how that that goes going forward. You know, is is a hurt Pete better than a healthy Cameron Tom or Will Clapp? I I don't know. I, I'm gonna say they probably go with Pete. Um, 
you know, hopefully another week his hand can can continue to heal and maybe have one of those other guys at the ready. But you know, that overall, that's basically what I thought about the offense. I thought the offense did what it needed to do to win. I I did not like the third and eight call there at the end, the handoff. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you get that first down, you get either closer to field goal range or you know, even going for a touchdown on that drive. Yeah, I think at, at that point you you just get the ball to Michael Thomas. They had not covered him all all day. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would have spread him out, and uh, that you know that was the one thing you couldn't do other than turn the ball over was take a negative play. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, and again, before the game, I, I I was talking about how nervous I was about this team, and I felt like this was a game that they could have possibly blew. Um, either blown or get blown out. Um, and and thank, I mean, thank goodness I was wrong on that because uh, I mean they they were able to seal the game with a really clutch turnover, and I'm really happy for that. And big shout out to the offense as well for that fantastic. It's marked as a 12 play, um, 79 yard drive. It's huge. But overall, the Saints actually, or sorry, 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 that 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 was that was actually a different drive later on in the game. Uh, they had an 18 play, 92 yard drive that ended um, getting them the uh, lead there, uh, 17 to 14 there early in the, or I guess halfway through the third quarter because it took up so much time for them. Um, but overall, I, I think it was said they traveled overall 112 yards there due to the penalties that they had. Yeah. So 18 play, 92 yard drive, 11 and a half minutes eaten off the clock. That was fa- that's how you control the ball because. <clears throat> You take that out. If you look at the team stats, the the time of possession was Saints thirty seven fifty and the Eagles twenty two ten. So I mean, cut that drive in half, and the time of possession is almost even in this game. That was a huge swing of momentum and great strategy there by the Saints to be able to convert all on all of those first downs. Great play calling to open up the passing game as well as getting some great runs off, exploiting that Eagles defense, leading to a touchdown to get the game eat time off the clock, tire out that defense, and and show everybody else that the Saints mean business. Tyler, dude, the defense was was, mm-hmm. was pretty freaking great those final three quarters as well. Obviously, Marshawn Lattimore was standout, but they held Nick Foles to just 18 of 31 passing, 201 yards, those two picks. He had one touchdown, was not sacked at all, but his QBR was 49.6, and his pass rating was 61.4. Very, very low. Mm-hmm. Eagles could not run the ball against the, the top rush defense in the league. They only carried it 16 times for a total of 49 yards, so just about three yards per carry. It's really bad. Wendell Smallwood, 10 carries, 33 yards. Um, and the only guy with a rushing touchdown was Nick Foles, but he had a total of zero rush yards. Um, so go figure. Alshon Jeffrey led the way. Five receptions, 63 yards. Zach Ertz also had five receptions for 50 yards himself. Matthews only had the one catch the whole game. It was 37-yard touchdown. Darren Sproles, former Saint, three catches, 21 yards including a, uh, a really clutch first down as well for the Eagles there that ended up leading to a score for them. But, Tyler, overall, the defense actually yeah. did really, really well in this game. They, they they stayed true to who they were after that first quarter. You got to give props to guys like DeMario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, as well as Eli Apple. All of the guys ended up stepping up. Um, uh, what what'd you think of the defensive performance? How satisfied were you coming away, even though they didn't have any sacks on the game? Yeah, so going into the game, too, about the sacks, I'll start off with that. I'll get into what I liked and stuff. So we, I think a lot of people already talked about it. You know, Nick Foles, just like Drew Brees, really good at getting the ball very quickly. So I think it was like two and a half sacks and, um, and less time for him to get the ball out. So I think a bunch of different people, you know, media reporters, I think it might, might even have been Cameron Jordan said that 
uh, what was it like that we're going to disrupt him in other ways and messing up the routes of the wide receivers, you know, like pressing them really well and uh, making him hold the ball longer, stuff like that. So they did a good job of that. And that really forced Nick Foles to make a lot, a lot of incompletions. And I was pretty happy about that. As far as what I liked, it's funny because as, as great as the offense was at times, it was a defense for me. It was a defense for me that really made me happier about the game. And this is why. For one, there are a few individual players I liked, but just the fact that this is not only the first game, but this is like uh, a mo- uh, this is like I think the third or fourth game. The Saints have uh, forced opponents to not score any points in the second half. We've said so many times now. This Saints team, not only offensively, but defensively, is a second half, fourth quarter, for example, kind of team. You know, and when you have your defense stepping up like that, Eli Apple had a great game, some good coverage, a really low passer rating when quarterbacks targeted him. P.J. Williams had some good plays. Marshawn Lattimore, the two picks. Sure, he needs to turn his head around more, but um, he had some good plays. Demario Davis, I've... I don't remember the specific stat, but I'm pretty sure watching the game, because I am all over uh, the TV when it comes to like watching players I like, see how they perform. I believe every single time Demario Davis was in coverage on a receiver or a tight end, he did a great job on Zach Ertz, by the way. I'm pretty sure, I'm like 95% sure, uh, anyone he was going up against didn't get a single yard after the catch against him. So he was flying to the ball. That dude, like, imagine, like, a 200-some-pound linebacker coming at you, grabbing you down, just pulling you to the ground. It was crazy. He was insane. Defensive line did great. Yeah, the defense, in my opinion, stole the show. They did amazing. You know, like, it doesn't get enough credit. This defense doesn't get enough credit. Our defense is elite. It's legit. Our defense, if our offense struggles, is going to take us to the Super Bowl. And it's funny, I'm, I gotta give a quick shout out. So, uh, Dayton, your boy, Ross Jackson, um, my I, boy, he, yeah, he actually answered some questions for me on his podcast, guys. Uh, yeah. He gave us a shout out. Yeah, he gave us a shout out on his podcast. He answered my questions for him, so I'll give him a shout out. Uh, go check him out on Twitter, Ross Jackson ASC. He he hosts a great podcast over there, Lockdown Saints, but um. Uh, I asked him a question. Do you think um, it could be a shootout? And he doesn't think so. A bunch of people don't think so. This upcoming game against the Rams. And I agree. Simply because our defense is playing so great. It's like a fine wine. It's getting better with time. Like, our defense is insane. Like, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game just because of that point. Like, our defense, even despite not having Sheldon Rankins now, is going to play great next Sunday. Like, just, just you wait. I cannot wait for it. Speaking so, of they did the, great, though. yeah, shout out to Ross, and I agree with all the points you just made there, Tyler. Super excited to see this defense. I love Spe- the defense. Speaking of the Rams game, the over under right now for that game is set at fifty one, um, and the Saints are right now opened favorite at three and a half points, which, like we've said too bad. before, yeah, that's that's typically how they have it when they, um, or that's typically what Vegas puts at the uh, spread when the. Two, two teams that are playing are evenly matched. They'll they'll give three and a half points to the home team, uh, typically. So what it's looking like, they're saying it's going to be even over under 51. The last time these two teams met up, um, the final score total was 80. 
So uh, definitely both teams have changed. Uh, hopefully it ends up being the, the Saints do cover that over under, but because it's 41 to 10, um, that, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but, but, but we'll see uh, how strong the defense holds against, you know, an offense that just put up 30 against the, you know, fairly impressive Cowboys team that the Saints were only able to muster um, 10 points against. So it, this game has a lot of storylines as a rematch, <clears throat> just like the AFC Championship game. And we'll have a preview episode on that later on the week. Um, but yeah, the, the defense played great. Uh, even with the Rankins injury, um, everybody else was on, on, on top of their stuff after giving up a couple of really, really bad drives. But they stayed disciplined. They were able to fill in the, the run gaps um, and, and hold the Eagles to only 49 yards rushing. That's that's absolutely crazy. Crazy. Charlie, I mean, uh, besides Lattimore, um, or, or maybe Lattimore is the guy, who would you give like a game ball to the defense? Because it seemed like they all played fantastic in unison. It's hard to choose one guy besides Lattimore who – who uh, kept everything really going. It seemed like it was just the, the team playing great football together. Yeah, I mean, really I'd give the game ball to uh, Dennis Allen and making, mm-hmm. making some adjustments. You know, it was weird, though. Like, I don't understand why the beginning of the game we were uh, <clears throat> playing such off coverage and uh, right. giving them yeah. a soft zone. Where it's like everything we've seen of Nick Foles, he's going to eat that up. You know, the quick passes, you know, the the one read and throw kind of throws that he that he does so well. I, it was just weird. Like I I didn't really get what we were trying to do in the beginning of the game, and then you know we sort of tightened things up. We tightened up our coverage. We switched to more man and shut him down. I mean, after the first quarter, they gained 99 yards, like you guys said, and didn't score again. And you know. It, why can't we start out like that? Why do, right. why do we have to always make these crazy in-game adjustments or halftime adjustments? Why can't we start out? You know, I I don't know. Maybe they 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 saw something else on film all week that they thought they could try to exploit that you know we we didn't, and then they just kind of went back to more of a basic approach to stopping that type of offense. But you know, I, I saw. Uh, Taylor Stallworth came in when he played a lot when uh, Rankins went down and he he had a he had a, a pretty monster run stuff where he you know uh, J- Jason Kelsey their pro ball center fired off the ball to block him and he he just literally threw him threw him away and hit the running back at the line of scrimmage I mean it was great that was a, it was a great play thought he played well Demario Davis played well um, Eli Apple played played really well he really he really stepped his game up i thought um von bell got caught in coverage against Ertz mm. a lot and i thought he held his own against zach Ertz. you know who yeah. just broke broke the single season reception record for tight ends the von bell i mean he had a, a key third down stop that i remember i thought pj could have played better um you know on that first touchdown i, I don't yeah. know what in the hell he was doing there and then you know there was another third down um, where the ball hit him in his back. It was like if he if he had just t- literally turned around to try to find the ball, he, yeah. he would have gotten an interception. Um, he would have turned around and got lost, like he did in the first yeah. touchdown, though. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that we we were we were getting after Foles. We didn't get home at all with no sacks, and yeah. that that's always that's always a little a little troubling when you when you get no sacks. But you know if 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 the entire game plan works together. And, you know, getting sacks weren't the top, top priority. I think it was more so just throwing off the rhythm. 
I think that all kind of worked in unison once they settled down and figured it out. But I agree. You know, I give big props to uh, Dennis Allen for making, you know, making those adjustments on the fly and, and getting the guys ready to ready to shut them down. Really, I mean, under a hundred yards in three quarters is that's pretty dominant. Yeah. I mean, if you take away even week seventeen when we had no starters in the game in the fourth quarter, I I I really can't remember the last time the last time a team scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter versus us. It's been a while, that's for sure. And that's that's championship football, man. You choke the other team out and uh you either regain the lead or you or you hold on to the lead. I'm trying to remember if Pittsburgh scored a touchdown. No, they didn't. no yeah. They didn't. They didn't. I think their fourth I think their fourth quarter went like fumble fake punt fumble or something like that. Like wow. they they didn't they didn't score in the fourth quarter. I, I honestly don't remember the last touchdown that was scored in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, <laughs> but um definitely well yeah, so not against Steelers, not against the Panthers, not against the Buccaneers, not against the Cowboys. Did the Falcons score a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter on Thanksgiving? The Falcons scored a garbage touchdown on mm-hmm. so Thanksgiving, since Thanksgiving. Wow. Saints have not let up a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um so fantastic defense. And another another amazing stat, I think it was Rod Walker uh posted today was the last time the Saints defense gave up a one hundred yard rusher was uh, Samaje Pirine oh. of the Redskins last season. Wow. Oh my goodness. And a game we still won too. That's incredible. And a game we that's came nice. back and won. So that's the last time that Dennis Allen's defense has give, has allowed an opposing running back to gain a hundred yards or more. Dang. That's that's wow. a, I mean and we played running backs like Todd Gurley, um twice. Uh Zeke Elliott. I mean we've played the best of the best in that stretch. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's up there. Uh, arguably the offensive rookie of the year and Saquon Barkley is up there. Zeke, yeah. Uh, ta- yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, we've so played many. we've played some top flight running backs mm-hmm. in this league. You know, in this and you know that that's amazing. I mean, if you don't if you can shut the run down as a defense, in my mind, your team is always gonna be in the game. Mm-hmm. Because because if you can't, then then that just sucks the life out of you. If you can't stop the run, if you know the opposing yeah. running backs ripping off four, five, six, seven, eight yards a pop, you're gonna lose because your offense is never gonna get into a rhythm, and your defense is always gonna be on its back heels. But when you can shut the run down the way the Saints can, you're always gonna be in the game. You're you're not gonna get blown out, and you, you may lose some close ones or a couple unlucky bounces. You know might go against you, but you're you're giving yourself the best chance to win when you can shut the shut the run game down and then on the other side Absolutely. of the ball you have drew Brees playing quarterback who you know when he's when he's on the other when he's lines up you always have a chance to win he's always going to give you a chance to win so i mean the saints really have all of the chemistry formula to win the super bowl it's just you know we've got to stay focused and we got to you know make sure we're on our p's and q's this week as, Absolutely. As Joe from I agree defeat, more. <laughs> as Joe from Defeat the Curse would say, the Saints defense has not seen a running back like Samaje Pirine. Um, oh, <laughs> in the Eagles uh-huh. game, <laughs> yeah, in the oh. Eagles game, 
Uh, Golden Tate, not a factor. Zach Ertz, as you mentioned, Charlie, not a factor. Dallas Goddard, who, you know, we thought it was going to be a two-headed tight end attack, not a factor. Um, Wendell Smallwood was the only running back um, that was a factor in this game. Saints defense, massive amount of credit to to them for buckling down. And Dennis Allen, for sure. Schemes called in. Yeah, Nick Foles does not look good at all against man-to-man defense. Um, and, and they were driving down the field because the Saints were playing soft there late in the fourth quarter, but you, you kind of have to just to not risk giving up a, a big run. So, of course, Nick Foles came back against the Bears and, and, and all of these other wins that he was able to do because zone defense is just he's able to explain. Credit to him for doing that, but you got you got to be good against man too if you want to be uh, uh, really, really successful in this league, especially against such a good defense as the Saints. Uh, Tyler, uh, anything else you want to say about the game? Mm-hmm. Any other game balls you want to give out? Um, any other guys you yeah. you want to give a spotlight to? Yeah, man. Uh, first off, game balls. O H I O. Yeah. State guys. D B U. Lattimore. Two picks. Change the game. Michael Thomas cannot be beat. I saw some stats earlier on Twitter. It's too late for me to look it up now, but the dude has literally been insane in the playoffs. Like regular season, sure. Like he always is, but playoffs, like. The dude turns it to another level. Would you raise, um, does his usual, you know, like, uh, pre-game chant? Man, like, Mike was saying anything. Like, the dude looked like, like, I can't even describe it. The dude was, like, on another level. He was, like, pumped up, moving around, shaking his head. Like, the dude was going to go off, and I could just feel it. And he did. Like, good luck, Los Angeles, because you are not stopping the GOAT, Michael Thomas. And I, I saw another stat, too, that it was, like, um, it was like, oh, yeah, based on off of this, this, and this, Michael Thomas right now I think is like at – I think he's projected like a five-year, $20 million deal when he gets paid. I'm like, pay that, man. He deserves it. Like, dude, you, you just can't stop him. He's awesome, man. Like, yeah, I would give the game balls to Michael Thomas, Lattimore. Um, <laughs> spotlight, sort of weird, but um, Michael Thomas uh, – not Michael Thomas. Drew Brees uh, turns 40 Tuesday, and um, he actually uh, had a surprise birthday party too. Um. Uh, whatchamacallit, uh, his wife threw for him, uh, right after the game, so that was pretty cool, but, uh, he, he had a really good game, too, though, so, uh, he, he didn't let the interception phase him, like, he got back to work after the first quarter ended, and the dude performed, man, like, I cannot wait for this game, the Saints are one game away from the Super Bowl, man, it's a litty, it's awesome, I cannot wait. Two effing games, that's all it takes now, two effing games. A boatload of money. Man, I'm really excited. So, um, anything else you want to get off about the game, Charlie? Um, no, I mean, like, if okay. Last year, I thought the reason why we didn't go to the Super Bowl was because of the defense. Mm-hmm. This year, the defense is obviously an, uh, has been upgraded. Yes. And when you look at the For pieces sure. that have changed, um, you know, bringing Demario Davis in yes. was was an absolute blessing, man. And having Alex Anzalone back and healthy starting at middle linebacker over Teo. You know, Teo did his job as a base linebacker, but, I mean, he's just not as athletic as mm-hmm. as Anzalone is. Pales in comparison. Uh, Von yeah. Bell has really, really stepped up into that strong safety role that Vaccaro was just too inconsistent at. Shout out, Kenny. And, uh, he's he's mm-hmm. rooting yeah, for the Saints, he said. For, he's rooting yeah. for the Saints, too. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he shares a bond with those guys, mm-hmm. so obviously he's going he's gonna to feel that. But, um, you know, just... You can see the pieces that we added to the defense and how they've contributed to what we're seeing on the field. I mean, losing out uh, Alex Okafor last year was that was terrible because then we had T Rex coming in and playing, who 
you know, he's he's not he's okay in, in a pinch, in a rotational guy, but he's not a full time starter. You saw Sheldon Rankins pop out at the end. That didn't work very well. Um, so, anyways, I, I just think that like you see these pieces that we've added. You know, Marcus Davenport, obviously, he's a stud, and he's gonna he's gonna get a lot better. You know, as time goes on. AJ Klein is more comfortable in our system. I mean, all the pieces that were brought in to make the defense better, you're seeing it all come to fruition. And, and um, you know, and they they got they whoever we play, you know, assuming we 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 put it together and beat the Rams, you know, our next two games are going to be against offensive juggernauts, and it's really going to be up to this defense to answer the call, you know, two more times for us to hoist the Lombardi. We can do it. Heavy breathing. I believe. I'm really nervous, fellas. Believe for us to achieve. Absolutely, you have to believe. And um, no, I'm really excited and nervous all at the same time. Can't wait for this Sunday. And uh, obviously, I'll mention it too when we end up previewing the game later on in the week. But this game is is pretty special and important to me, not only for the Saints being in the NFC Championship game, but my uh, dad is also a diehard Rams fan and has been since before I was born. Uh, So being able to watch the game with him this upcoming Sunday is going to be really, really awesome because that's something we haven't been able to experience yet in our lifetime. Uh, our two teams going up against each other during this lifetime, at least that I can remember, obviously, uh, and it's never happened unless, uh, right? Have the Rams played the Saints in the NFC Championship? I don't, is this the first? I don't believe so. I don't believe and so. Then, NFC Championship? No, but we played them, played them the in Bears 93, and... or not 93, I'm sorry, 2000. Right, when they went 2000 2001. Yeah. That was the Akeem dropped the ball game. Yes, where, yes, uh, yes, yes. But that wasn't the yeah. championship game, right? No, 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 it was divisional. No. Was it divisional round? Yeah, divisional round. Yeah. Dane, you may not even have been born yet, dude. Well, I was like four or five <laughs> years old. Yeah, we, I, I was, I was pretty young. But okay, so yeah, no, so, but yes, of course, Hakeem dropped the ball. I, I, I've been seeing that on Twitter all the time, and I've, I, I've seen the clip many times before. But um, can't believe I forgot about that. Yes, they have. They've played in the playoffs before, just not the NFC Championship game. So it'll, it'll be a pretty big moment. So I'm really excited for the Sunday, and I know you guys will be too. We'll have that episode out for you guys later on this week. Um, but, uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Uh, I'll throw it off to Tyler for the, the quick little outro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks so much guys for tuning into this amazing episode as always of the Who Dad This podcast. Make sure to check out our social media where you can talk to us, follow us, communicate with us, uh, in some cases with Dayton debate and, uh-huh. uh, ultimately lose in the end game, uh, on Twitter. But, huh? um, <laughs> No, I mean, like, they can, uh, oh. Dayton will end up beating them. That's oh. what I'm trying to say. All right, I was about yeah. to say, man. Uh, yeah, that Philly fan got shut down. But, um, <laughs> all right, check our social media. Uh, first and foremost, our official Who That Dish podcast Twitter account at the WDD podcast. Uh, go debate and go fight uh, Dayton at uh, Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Go follow uh, Charlie at St. Charlie if you want to check out all of his amazing, amazing, uh, Chalk Talk Charlie's, all of his amazing uh, analytical videos, and uh, Charlie, you're a beast uh, with that kind of stuff. So go check him out. And uh, if you want to go see um, Syracuse uh, highlight videos and Saints videos on mine, go check me out at Raymond Tyler M. You can also uh, follow everything we do. Uh, first and foremost, this podcast is created all because of Who That Dish and all the amazing writers there. So check them out at whodatdish.com. Uh, and go check out our podcast links. You can uh, find them on Spreaker.com and iTunes if you have an iPhone. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. So I'll throw back to you, Dayton, man. Thanks again for listening, everybody. 
Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. It goes a long way, and we appreciate it. Thank you in advance. We'll talk to you guys later this week. And as always, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?